What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, writing about the Chargers. And we've been doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, we have a really fun show for you guys because we got some really good content from Anthony Lynn on Wednesday, and that's basically going to be the entire show today. So I hope you guys are ready because Anthony Lynn had a lot to say. So in the first segment, we're going to talk about what he has said about the left tackle position because we know there's a giant hole there right now with the loss of Russell Okung to the Panthers as well as talking about Anthony Lynn finally addressing Cam Newton specifically and potentially putting an end to those rumors. And then in the second segment, we're going to be getting into what he had to say about the offense. He was asked specifically about Tom Brady. He had some other comments about the rest of the offensive line, what they're going to do with Trent Scott. And he also talked about Mike Pouncey's health as well. And then the last segment, we'll be getting into the meat of it, which is the defense. Him talking about Desmond King and Nazir Adderley. Him talking about Drew Tranquil and Denzel Perriman, as well as Kazir White and how that is all going to work out over there to wrap up the show. So, David, let's go ahead and get into it. Los Angeles Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn finally got in the front of the media again on Wednesday for the first time in over a month. And he had some very interesting comments. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Chargers had been very quiet since before the NFL Combine when Tom Telesco and Anthony Lynn talked with the media, but Lynn came out again on Wednesday and had some very interesting comments. This is the first time he's publicly addressed all of the new signings on the Chargers, and there was a lot to talk about, but one of the biggest things that he said in this was talking about the left tackle position because of the loss of Russell Okung. And last year, we heard him praise Trent Scott and Sam Tebby at the right tackle position, but he didn't have as much praise for Trey Pipkins, saying that Trey's a young left tackle. He can play left. He can play right. He did that for us last year. I had no intentions of Trey getting on the field last year. He'll compete at the left tackle spot, but we may still yet bring someone in. So this is A little bit uncharacteristic of Anthony Lynn David because he doesn't usually say that about open spots on the roster. He usually just says how much faith he has in the guy they currently have there. So so this was definitely a comment we were interested in talking about. Definitely very interesting. I I mean, we've all been kind of waiting with bated breath to hear anything from the Chargers organization. And now Anthony Lynn has this conference call and addresses a myriad of different topics. And he even brought up one of those guys that they could potentially bring in at left tackle, which was Jason Peters. Daniel Popper of The Athletic asked Anthony Lynn straight up about Jason Peters and Anthony Lynn said that he was intriguing that's obviously an option and he also said there are several very athletic and polished draft prospects as well so Anthony Lynn notices that there is a hole at left tackle and he seems keen to address it he also addressed some other parts of the offensive line too saying that Brian Buvaga could potentially play left tackle which none of us actually expect to happen since he played his entire career in Green Bay at right tackle even though Popper also addressed the fact that he almost switched to left tackle in 2013 with the Packers before tearing his ACL he also talked about offensive tackle Trent Scott possibly moving to guard like we saw with Michael Schofield before but one of the more interesting things that he had to say especially as far as what the Chargers rumors have been was when he was asked specifically about Cam Newton because of all the rumors and he said Cam's a good quarterback he's done a lot of good things with the Panthers he led them to a Super Bowl didn't quite get the job done 
But if he's healthy, he's going to be a good quarterback for somebody. We've all been wondering what the Chargers' interest level was in Cam Newton because the fit makes a lot of sense since the Chargers have Tyrod Taylor at quarterback right now. And as much as they've said they've had faith in him, Cam Newton was an MVP at one point. But it looks like Anthony Lynn is saying he's going to be good for someone else. Yeah, if you look at this with a little bit of inference in Anthony Lynn's comments, you can clearly kind of see that he is pointing that Cam Newton is going to be playing for somebody else other than the Chargers next season. Pretty interesting comments because Anthony Lynn doesn't really make statements like that. But of course, he didn't come out right out and say, hey, we're not going to bring in Cam. They're never going to do that. But if you read in between the lines, the message is clear. The interest that the Chargers have in Cam Newton seems to be pretty minimal. And I think it just ends some of that speculation. He was also asked about Tom Brady and said he doesn't talk about other teams' quarterbacks, but he's sure that Tom is excited to be a Buccaneer. And when he said it, he didn't seem as if he was really happy with the thought of them trying to bring him in. But he also did talk about Tyrod Taylor as well. And he said right now it looks like he's in the driver's seat to be the starter week one when the Chargers open up their season. So that I guess is having a little bit of faith in Tyrod Taylor, but he also didn't completely shut that door as well so Anthony Lynn finally spoke and we had a bunch of questions and I think he answered some of them but a lot of them are still left a mystery but we do have two more segments to get into talking about more Anthony Lynn comments more about the offensive line more about Tom Brady Cam Newton and more coming up in the next segment before finishing up at the end of the show with the defensive side of the ball all right David well we started the first segment by talking about the biggest news from what we heard in Anthony Lynn's press conference. But that was not all of it by any means. I mean, there was a lot that he talked about. We have a lot to get in with that. But quickly, just going back to Cam Newton and Tom Brady, I think one of the things that Daniel Popper mentions in his article for The Athletic, where we are getting a lot of these quotes from because it was a conference call that wasn't put out to the public. But one of the things that he said in his article was just the fact that Anthony Lynn seemed almost defiant when talking about Tom Brady as if, you know, he kind of knew that it wasn't something that he necessarily wanted, but the Chargers could be obviously doing it because they're moving into a new stadium and want to get the fans that would come with Tom Brady, even if that's not necessarily the guy that Anthony Lynn would want, considering he's already said that he's wanted a mobile quarterback on many different occasions and also with cam newton having him say you know he's going to be good for somebody else so at the end of the day we you know have seen all these rumors about the chargers getting tom brady going after tom brady going after cam newton potentially but it does seem like he really did kind of put that all to rest and as of now unless they draft a quarterback it seems unlikely that they're going to strike again in free agency yeah, definitely, and I think it made it a little bit more clear with the comments uh, that about free agency in general that he made. He said, we have a plan going into free agency to get certain things, and I like how free agency went. So according to him, I don't think he was interested in getting Tom Brady or Cam Newton at all, and it makes me feel even stronger about my feelings that that decision to pursue Tom Brady came from the very top as in Dean Spanos, the owner. I think he's the one that dictated that and mandated that pursuit. I don't think anyone else really in the organization wanted that to happen. And like we said several times, if if that did happen, then none of the other great moves or the free agency plan that Tom that Anthony Lynn talked about would have came to fruition. And I, I for one, and I know you agree, uh, like all the moves they did on this side of the plan a lot more. Well, and I think, honestly, when you look at everything that happened with Tom Brady, I mean, there's reports out there that he was kind of making his plea to the Bucks and not necessarily 
the other way around. And I think if Tom Telesco wanted to make it seem like the Chargers were interested in Tom Brady when they really weren't to try to appease ownership, when even Anthony Lynn wasn't on board with it, it would look a lot like what it looked like because it did not take long after he ended up signing with the Buccaneers that the Chargers went on to get three pretty top-tier free agents in Limbaugh Joseph, Chris Harris Jr., and Brian Bulaga. So I talked a little bit in the news about Brian Bulaga potentially playing left tackle. I still don't think that is going to happen, but there were some other things on the offensive line, specifically them talking about, you know, even Sam Tevy playing left tackle or even moving Trent Scott to guard, which which is something that, you know, you'd like to see from them because it's like obviously Trent Scott at tackle is not working. Is there still somewhere on this team that we can fit him that he can be more productive? And he talked about how with Michael Schofield, it helped him that he was more in a box. There wasn't as much space so he could be more aggressive and he could be more consistent. So I don't necessarily have a problem with them, you know, trying to kick the tires on Trent Scott and see if there's something left as far as value goes with that contract and with him on the roster, but at the same time, David, that puts a big log jam at one guard position. But the problem with moving Trent Scott there is now you have him and Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney all competing for the left guard position. So I think obviously the more competition there, the better. But at the same time, it's hard for me to believe right now that that is going to get sorted out and, and Trent Scott is just going to all of a sudden become an elite guard in the NFL. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to become an elite guard in the NFL, but I mean, it can't be much worse than what he did at tackle. Right. I mean, you put him inside, you give him less responsibility as far as having to pass protect, and he has more help because he has guys on either side of him other than being out on an island like you would at tackle. Well, yeah, they more- talked about it last year. I mean, we saw the puff pieces written about Trent Scott and how high yeah. they were on him. So Right, it's, which, is, which obviously out in retrospect after the season – it's crazy, but hey, these guys got to put out something. Like you mentioned, competition is never a bad thing, especially when you have you know some uncertainty at the left guard p- position right now. You don't really know who's going to really reach up and grab that brass, win- brass ring and take that starting job because nobody really performed well at that position last year. So there's an opening there. More competition is a good thing. Maybe this is Trent Scott's calling. Maybe not, but we'll find out. When I guess at least we're not hearing like, hey, Dan Feeney is the starter right now. It's up to someone else to go and take that from him. Because I think even just thinking about moving Trent Scott to guard, even though obviously depth has been a key issue for them in the past, kind of shows you that that position is wide open. And it seems like since both those guys came to the league when Forrest Lamp is healthy, it's a competition between the two of those guys who they want to play left guard. And we've already heard... You know, Anthony Lynn kind of downplays Scott Questenberry just by the fact of not mentioning him before at center and what they think of Dan Feeney at center, even though I think Questenberry is better there. But that also did lead to them kind of talking about Mike Pouncey and having him and asking him about what Mike Pouncey's health status is at this point, because obviously he suffered a very severe neck injury last season and retirement was an option for him. We haven't really heard on that. We don't know what the effects of the COVID-19 outbreak have had on that as far as what he is going to do. But one thing he did say is that he expects him to be ready by the time the season opens up. And if he isn't, then they have other options. Right, which they do. I mean, they've said on a multitude of occasions that they would be okay with Dan Feeney being their center. Scott Questenberry obviously played center for the majority of the year. 
because of injuries to Dan Feeney and to Mike Pouncey. No, so, Forrest Lamp and Mike Pouncey. Sorry, yeah. Because of injuries to Forrest Lamp and Mike Pouncey. So, and I think he played very well. I, I mean, I don't know why he's not getting recognized. It seems like all the guys that we think played well last year are not any of the guys that are, are acknowledged outside of, you know, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, the obvious ones. It just seems like, you know, they're seeing things completely differently, which, hey, we're obviously amateurs. We're, you know, we, we love football. We talk about it, but we are not the ones on the field getting paid the big bucks to make these decisions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think with, with all of these guys, I think when you look at this offensive line, the way it breaks down right now is you have two positions very much solidified. You have right tackle kind of held down by Brian Buwaga, and you're not going to have Trey Turner, you know, not be the starting right guard. I mean, I guess there's potential they could go to left guard. It just wouldn't really make a lot of sense there. But I thought it was, you know, nice at least that they were, you know, saying that that left tackle position could be brought in. And that's something you've kind of harped on all off season is, but then potentially bringing in Jason Peters and the way Anthony Lynn was talking about it. I mean, you don't necessarily say that. I mean, you don't really ever hear them say, Oh, Hey, we're going to still go sign somebody at this position. That's what he said about the offensive line. He also, like you said, said there's a couple of polished draft guys there as well. But I mean, at least to this point, David, with as many things as he shot down with Tom Brady, with shooting down Cam Newton rumors as well, he wasn't shooting down the Jason Peters one. Right, which he shouldn't, because Jason Peters is one of the best left tackles that are on the market right now, and because of his age, he might be attainable with the limited cap space that you have left. And he's also performing still at a very high level and has a multitude of experience. He's been in the league for many, many years, and he's been good for many, many years. He could be an invaluable resource to Trey Pipkins to bring him along and really teach him the nuances of playing the left tackle position and give him some knowledge that he won't get from anybody else. So I think it's a great signing on both fronts. You're going to get quality left tackle play while bringing on a young kid that still needs a lot of polish to play left tackle in the NFL. Well, that's what I was going to say as well, is just the fact that, hey, if you really are as sold on Trey Pipkins as you know, we thought you were going into this. And I mean, it still seems like they're kind of sold on him in long term, just saying, you know, he might not be ready quite yet. Even going into it and saying, you know, Jason Peters is going to play 12 games this season. I mean, it's still 12 more games that you don't have to have Trey Pipkins out there, you know, on that learning curve where he's going to have to be out there to really fix all of his mistakes and see what he's bad at. Because, you know, what like Anthony Lynn said in the, uh, in the press conference is that, and like Anthony Lynn said in the press conference, that experience that he got last year because he was thrust out there, I mean, him saying that they never expected to put him out there, I believe that part of it. But, I mean, Russell Kung had a pretty checkered injury history as well, so that might have been a little naive to begin with. But as far as everything we've heard, I mean, the Chargers are open to upgrading in that position, and that's something we are a little bit scared of because of what we had heard about, you know, Sam Tebby and Trent Scott in the past. So they're going to have to shake things, these things out, and he said it himself, you know, he's excited just to go out there and piece the whole thing together. But the Chargers offensive line, obviously, at this point, compared to where it was, you know, last year or even the few seasons prior to that, I mean, it's been a while since the Chargers had this much talent on the offensive line. And we're really just getting started because I think even in a best-case scenario, Dan Feeney 
if he's your center, I mean, at least you could find more, you know, talent elsewhere. And he's not as as bad at center as he is at left guard. So I think honestly, he's best placed, you know, as a backup center behind Scott Questenberry, let Forrest Lamp and whoever else battle it out. But I think them drafting an interior offensive lineman, even with all of these guys, is still something that's very much in play. Maybe a guy who can play center and guard, but. We do have one more segment to get into, getting into the defensive side of it, and we haven't really talked about any of that yet. I think that's really where the most interesting comments were because of what he had to say about Nazir Adderley, about Desmond King, and the rest of those guys playing linebacker as well. And we have that for you coming up right after this. So when we got this press conference and we heard that this was going on, one of the things I was most excited to hear about was just what they thought and what they were going to say publicly about what Desmond King's role was going to be with the team going forward. Because the Chargers went out and signed the best slot cornerback on the market, but they also had a player that already has played that position at a Pro Bowl level, although it was in 2018. But they already had someone there that was capable of playing well there, but just had kind of a down season last year and Desmond King already playing that position. So that signing was a little bit, you know, weird to me, but I wasn't going to argue with it because I love the type of player that Chris Harris Jr. is. But we finally got to, you know, kind of put Anthony Lynn on the spot about it. And what he said was Desmond King's role is going to be what it's always been. Desmond is going to compete. Chris is going to compete. And we'll figure it out once we get those guys out there. But Desmond King, he's competed his whole life. This is nothing for him. So, I mean, it's a really contradictory statement because everything we've heard so far is that Chris Harris Jr. has been told basically by the team that he's primarily going to play in the spot. And if there was a word, David, that was a theme to this entire press conference, it's compete. You know, these guys are going to compete. This guy's going to compete or whatever. And competition's good. You know, that's what we wanted. I mean, I remember saying before about Anthony Wynn's press conference, just say, hey, it's going to be a competition here. So you're not just, you know, locking yourself into a subpar player. And that is kind of, you know, what he did a, a little bit more in this one. But this was really confusing, David, because it's like, it's not going to be what it was. And Daniel Popper also mentions this in his article. It's like, it can't be the same because you literally have someone there that's going to play that position. So yes, I mean, maybe guys get moved around a little bit, but I wasn't really sufficiently, um, you know, satisfied with what I heard from him because I mean, that's a, a pretty vague statement. Just saying these guys are going to compete because there's no way Chris Harris jr. Making two years, $20 million is, is not going to start right away. Well, right, and even Chris Harris Jr. said in his conference call to the to the Chargers media that Telesco, Lynn, and run and cornerbacks coach Ron Miles all told him he's going to be playing in the slot in 2020. So, given that knowledge, after his comments, it sounds extremely contradictory that he would say his role is going to be the same. Like Daniel Daniel Popper and you said, there's no way that's possible. I think, and I think we all think. He's going to be more in the Adrian Phillips role where he's going to be bouncing around and moving around, which I think honestly lends itself more to Desmond King's skill set. I think he's at his best when he's rushing the passer, when he's moving around the field using his instincts. I, I like that version of Desmond King, and I'd like to see it more. We'll see if that's actually where they intend or how they intend to use him, but I think it would fit his play style perfectly. It, I mean, it would to the sense that, I mean, he is a physical guy for a corner, but are you going to be exposed if, you know, the only two linebackers on the field are Drew Tranquil and Desmond King or whoever they decide to put out there? Because at that point, it's four defensive linemen when you're in a dime sub package that is two linebackers, one of which is actually a DB, and then five more DBs. 
So at the same time, I mean, how are all these guys going to get on the field even when you're doing that? And that's just a sub package the Chargers aren't even in all the time. So even if they go to that, I mean, his role is going to be diminished no matter what. And I, you know, Daniel Popper says in his article, that means you're going from, you know, 45 snaps to like 20 snaps, which is obviously not the same as what he's been doing. This might let him blitz a little bit more like we saw, keep him a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage like we saw more his rookie season when he was a threat there. But at the same time, that was something he literally mentioned for him before free agency. The last time they talked about Nazir Adderley and the last public comments that he had about Nazir Adderley were that he's going to have to find his way onto the field when they were going into those sub packages and having him take one of those spots. So this was another thing that was mentioned in the press conference today asking about Nazir Adderley. And Daniel Popper asked him if there was any potential that he could play outside corner, maybe over Michael Davis, you know, since the safeties right now are kind of a log jam with everything going on. And the funny thing was, is he said that Anthony Lynn seemed kind of surprised by the comment because Nazir Adderley played corner in college. It wasn't something crazy to ask, but Anthony Lynn did say, I haven't seen him play corner, but I tell you, he is a good athlete. I wouldn't bet against the young man, but we need to just get him on the field. I believe when he gets on the field, things will work itself out. And I think we all have the same question after that was, is just kind of like, but how does he get on the field? And I think that's the biggest worry. David is just with everything, you know, Anthony Lynn is saying about everyone has to compete. Everybody has to compete. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say Rayshon Jenkins has to compete. And that's the thing that kind of bugs me. It's like, is every position open? Cause we know Derwin James position isn't open. Nobody's taking that spot from him, but Rayshon Jenkins is supposed to have a breakout year. So is he really a candidate to not be a starter at the, you know, when the season finally opens up, whenever that is, I mean, that's kind of crazy because I mean, I think you were thinking before, you know, he gets in on these sub packages, you could have him and Desmond King out there, but Chris Harris Jr. throws a wrench into that. And I get, I think the same thing as Anthony Lynn, if he gets on the field, he's going to prove that he deserves to be there, but how is it going to happen? That's exactly what I was going to say, Daniel. As you know, things will work itself out. It almost seems like Anthony Lynn knows that if Nazir Adderley gets on the football field, he's going to take that spot from Rayshon Jenkins because I think he knows that he has those natural ball skills, those natural instincts. I think he has better speed and just better feel for the game. Obviously, we've only seen that in small snippets, but let's not act like Rayshon Jenkins is God's gift to the free safety position, okay? He's a strong safety originally that transitioned to free safety. He has some physical tools. He has an incredible vertical. He has good speed. He got a couple interceptions, but he's also missed a lot of crazy tackles too. And for me, I agree with Anthony Lynn. If Nazir Adderley gets healthy and is on the field, I think he will show everybody that he deserves to be there. I liked the second-round pick. Now it's up to Nazir Adderley to prove every, prove to everybody and the Chargers organization that they made the right choice. When before his injury concerns, I mean, he was considered a guy that might go to the Chargers at 28th overall and not 60th overall, which is where he ended up getting selected last year. I mean, that's the kind of talent that we're talking about, you know, a lower division NCAA player that's getting taken in the first round. I mean, that's the kind of potential that this guy has. And the exact quote was looking forward to getting a healthy guy out there because I believe he can play. That's why we took him in the second round last year. So it seems like the only thing they want to bring up with Nazir Adderley is First of all, the injuries. Second of all, the talent. And the fact that they haven't even maybe considered putting him on the outside is a little bit puzzling because you would think with an obvious need at that position, 
that the Chargers would at least consider giving him a shot out there. And the last thing he said about the DBs, just to finish this part of it up, is that nothing's been finalized. These guys are going to compete. I want competition. I want competition at every position. That's no different for Desmond King. That's no different from Noss. These guys are going to compete. Chris Harris is going to compete. So that's what I was talking about before with him. We, we yeah. know what Anthony Lynn's buzzword is, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's compete. But now I want to talk about what he had to say about the linebackers, because this is a position of need for the Chargers, obviously a little bit less so after they signed Nick Vigil, who used to be on the Cincinnati Bengals. But he didn't really talk about Vigil at all, at least as far as who was going to be the starter. So when he was asked about it, Lynn said that Perryman is the starter. Tranquil will compete at both the Mike and Will spots. And he, but then he also said, if we get a guy in the draft, Drew could also go over and play Mike as well. So we'll see. So that, that's kind of a weird statement to come out with, David, because he's not giving Drew Tranquil an, an obvious starting job off the bat, even though he was the best linebacker that they had last season. But he is saying, oh, but if we go and draft a Will linebacker, we'll move Drew to Mike. So it's like if you draft a Will linebacker, Drew's just going to go over and, you know, and start instead of Perriman. And that's a frustration that we've had, just the fact that they keep rolling Denzel Perryman out there because the play used to not be the problem. But last year he didn't play well and he wasn't completely available, even though that's a, a healthy season by his standards. But I, I thought that was a really weird kind of contradictory statement there, David. Right. Another one like like <laughs> about the Chris Harris Jr. and Desmond King statement. It's just like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. But, you know, I think one thing is clear. He wants Drew Tranquil on the field. I mean, whether it's at Mike or it's at Will, I think he at least recognized the fact that he does make the defense better when he is on the football field. I mean, he obviously is coming off his rookie year, but I think he played extremely well, and he deserves those snaps. The one thing that we know about Anthony Lynn is he definitely loves his veterans, and he has his guys, he has his favorites. He won't admit that, but people that cover the Chargers every day, like us, we can recognize that. We can see it. He clearly has favorites. He loves his veterans. He loves his guys. And it takes it's going to take a lot for him to budge off of that. When is it going to be the best players play? That's what I want to know. That's what it should be. But it doesn't seem like that's what it is with the Chargers right now. I mean, that's how it should be to an extent, right? But the only reason that wouldn't be the way that it is is just if you know if somebody has off the field concerns if somebody is a cancer in the locker room it's things like that but we don't hear any of that stuff I mean one of the guys that got sent home last year was Denzel Perryman from Jacksonville back to Los Angeles so if you're talking about you know having and caring about all of those things I mean Drew Tranquil didn't get sent home and he still had to get his starting spot taken back away from him the next week when Denzel Perryman came back so I guess I mean if there is a positive to take away with this and I mean this whole interview is basically us you know getting answers to questions that now we just have more questions about right but I think if we're taking any positives out of that specific statement about the linebackers it's just the you know like you said it does seem like the Chargers I mean not only are probably going to attempt to draft somebody I mean and and maybe I guess Popper says in his article earlier than we might have thought that they would but also the fact that it does seem like they do want to get Drew Tranquil in and maybe even playing at that Mike linebacker position so I think that those are some positives. I think they do and probably should draft somebody, but it's not as big of an issue now as it was at one point before the Nick Vigil signing after Thomas Davis left, after Jatavis Brown decided you know, to sign elsewhere. But the last thing I want to talk about from these comments was just his comments about Kazir White, because as a rookie, Kazir White was somebody we were very excited about. He was a guy who played safety 
in college and ended up being a linebacker for the Chargers. And he was supposed to be, at this point, the starting Will linebacker. But after a season-ending injury, his rookie season last year, they moved him to the strong side linebacker so that they wouldn't have to have him on the field as much because the Chargers use a lot of set packages. So that outside linebacker is only in their in their base formation. So he was, you know, on a very limited snap count because of the knee injury. And Anthony Lynn talked about that and said he wanted to monitor him after his season-ending injury his rookie year. But he did say this year could be different. He doesn't want to put any type of limitations on anybody. But he did say, I sure like to hope so because he can do a lot more than he did last year when he's healthy. And I think we know that. I mean, because Zier White's one of the most sure tackling linebackers the Chargers have. He was one of the more athletic linebackers the Chargers had. I mean, he was the new age linebacker in the NFL where he's a former safety, just like Drew Tranquil. He can actually cover. He you know had pretty good range for his position and he was the guy they wanted to be starting at this position at this point. So hopefully David, we can see him get back to that will linebacker thing. But again, I mean, even as Anthony Lynn is saying all these things about Kazir white, he's still not giving him that will linebacker position back or really making any definitive statements on it. He is saying he's healthy right now, but as far as Kazir white goes, I mean, I don't think we're going to know until we actually see it all play out. So we, he still might be stuck in that limited role, but us over here at Locked on Chargers, this is a guy that we definitely want to see on the field more. Yeah, I mean, he's incredibly athletic, like you mentioned. I mean, he has good coverage skills. He has good instincts. He is a good tackler. He has good size. For me, he kind of reminds me of Deion Buchanan. I mean, he's that type of player. I think he has that type uh, of ability. I mean, I think that's what he can do at the NFL level. We have to see it more. Obviously, you know, the, the knee injury is a concern. I mean, if it's not rehab properly at this point then he's going to have a serious problem the rest of his career hopefully he does have a clean full bill of health he can come in there and really not worry about the injury and just go out and play and let his ability speak for itself because i think if he has that opportunity it's going to speak volumes i do think so too i mean i think it's a guy that you just hate to see you know such potential wasted on an injury and i mean those knee injuries i mean you've seen it with todd Gurley, and i think it's a big fear with melvin gordon is with those knee injuries and having knee surgeries and those things, I mean, those parts of your body are going to get arthritic faster than they normally would. And we've seen the edge that that's taken off Todd Gurley. And that's obviously the thing you want least to happen. So hopefully he can get back to that point. But with knee injuries, it's just so hard to tell. But I think that is part of the reason the Chargers are looking for a linebacker right now because things haven't worked out the way they've wanted to or the way we've wanted them to for Kazir White. But it's not the end yet. This is only his third season that he's going into. So he's going to have a chance to go out there and prove that he deserves to play on this level and that he can be an above average player when he's out there. But this was a fun show. I mean, there was so much to talk about. Obviously, this isn't a very content heavy time of the year. But with so many comments, I know Daniel Paler on Twitter, Chargers Nerd, a.k.a said, you know, are you guys doing the news story on this? And I was like, we might do even more than that. And of course, now we know it ended up being the entire show. But lots of, I mean, questions answered, still popping up more questions that we still have for the Chargers. But it was nice to get some clarity on some of these things. And, you know, Anthony Lynn saying some things I didn't think I would hear for him. So hopefully we hear more from somebody soon because it seems like they always give us something to talk about. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. If this is your first time, thank you. If you're one of our loyal listeners that comes in every single day of the week and always have nice things to say about us, thank you as well. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. 
with a lot more to talk about. We're going to be talking about some more good voicemails. We'll have some more news for you guys tomorrow to get into as well and just much more to get into before we get to the weekend. But until then, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers as well as subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. It might take a while to get to them, but we promise that they will get played. But we'll talk to you guys tomorrow as we always do to wrap up the week. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.